Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Mediums in Action with me, Martin Lick Wilson, and my good friend and expert medium, Ian Doherty. Hi, uh, hello, everybody, and and hello, Martin. It's a lovely uh, intro as uh, as uh, usual. I hope you're keeping well. Yeah, I am. Yeah, it's uh, it, I've had some really weird experiences, um, some very strange stuff happening, and always on a Wednesday or Wednesday, oh, weird, uh, Wednesday night. Yeah. Well, well, the other day, um, I, I was sat in my living room with my wife, and uh, we were just watching television, and for about an hour and a half, two hours, we kept having this tapping on the door. Uh, the door opened. And it sounded like somebody was playing with the keys in the door, uh, the chain on the door. We kept going out and then it suddenly stopped and mm-hmm. we've not heard it since. And, you know, you know, we investigated everything. We tried to work out what it was. Couldn't find it. But yet for, as I say, a good hour and a half, somebody was messing with the door. I don't know if there's some sort of symbology with the door, maybe, but um, yeah. Um, I certainly couldn't sense anything. I, I couldn't feel that there was anything. So I was quite sceptical that, well, maybe mm-hmm. it was, you know, house settling or something like that. Well, but, yeah, I mean, the wind on the door, whether it was whether it was whether it was blustery or whatever, it could, you know, that's one of the logical things, isn't it? But um, it's it's funny because there's a there's a, there's a lot of uh, uh, synchronicity between us because uh, I've had a lot of lot of stuff happen on a uh, on a uh, Wednesday. Uh, and it is largely centred around my cat. I'm not saying that she's levitating or anything there, <laughs> but the fact is, you know, where um, every whenever spirit come in come into my house, it seems to be centred on the top of the stairs and coming down, leading down the down the stairs and into my bedroom as well. And my, you know, uh, my cat is she's fairly new to me. She's been with me for four for four months, and she's, you know, she's only she's reacting in a really strange way where my where my previous cat you know i had her for 16 years bless her never once reacted to seeing ghosts or um spirits in the way that my current cat millie does and mm-hmm. that always happens on a wednesday but i i very rarely get any feelings other than oh there's somebody here but that's but that's it and i find that weird in the fact well there's no wind the house isn't settling um and it is i've had some really weird ones where millie was um sort of stood up uh, stood upright her front paws on my leg and she was really growling in a menacing way and i thought well i can't feel anything you know what i mean yeah it's strange and i'm having similar experience in that i I can't actually sense who it is or what it is i just know there's an energy there and there's some there's something there but um yeah, I mean, I mean the the door rattling. I mean, it, it's a new house, and and the front door is, you know, it's one of those triple locks, so it yeah. can't move. It can't. There's no way the chain mm-hmm. should be moving. And uh, well, no, and, definitely not. And it, it it definitely sounds as if somebody's fiddling around with it. And it's definitely not one of the kids. It's not, you know, it, it's yeah. definitely coming from there. And then the final thing that happened was the door actually opened. It kind of pushed its. It must have been locked. Um, it must have been closed, but not fully closed. Yeah, yeah. But then the door opened and it wasn't wow. a windy night. It was quite oh. still. And and again, can't work it out what it was. So, it's yeah, it's intriguing. It's, it's it is. Intriguing. And this last week, I know in the last podcast, which I think was about two weeks ago now, we just launched our uh, our course. Um, yes, we we've now got students all around uh, all around the world. And um, thank you very much if you're listening um, for joining in, joining the uh, sent you extra two page as well and discussing your experiences and you know feel free to get involved and and thank you very much for supporting us and 
I think there's about 2,000 minutes so far has been. Uh, yeah, I know it's been, uh, it's yeah. absolutely amazing, Martin. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. So today I thought we could talk about, I suppose, alleged evil entities. You know, sort yeah. of black-eyed yeah. children, shadow men. You know, for thousands of years we've kind of believed that there are evil entities, and you look at the huge amount of books and research into religion, yeah. folklore, and belief, and yet. Certainly within this last 10 years, we've had these reports of black eyed children and shadow men. Now, the strange thing for me is, is when you talk about black eyed children and shadow men, they're always very dark and black. But yet, you know, we often relate dark and black to evil or Lucifer. And if we go back to like the earliest sort of reference to Lucifer or the first pictorial design of Lucifer, um, uh, we have to go back to uh, 12th century France, and Lucifer's actually shown as a blue angel. Yeah, right? I uh, remember you pointing that out to me. You know, up to probably the 15th century, I would say that anything evil was kind of related to blue and dark blue. And it's only, I think, from Victorian times that yeah. Yeah. we've associated dark with something bad. And I think that's to do with more, uh, mourning because of yes what happened with Victorians. Um, I mean, have you ever witnessed sort of shadowy figures or things well, like that? Well, to be honest, no. Uh, um, and uh, this is where I'm a little bit ignorant of, you know, of this type of um, uh, uh, phenomena, particularly, as you've mentioned, you know, going 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 back into, you know, thousands of years uh, and different uh, cultures. Um, but I uh, I take this, uh, you know, on a more on a more science base, you know, I'm I'm. I'm wanting to know a little bit of what it could be, you know, and uh, uh, my my clairvoyant ability, i.e. seeing spirit, is really is strong. I I I can see um, spirit or ghost energy in in perfect colour, even though it's pitch black in that room, you know, because it's because of the way that mediumship works. So I've I've never seen anything black or darting about, and my sort of thoughts really go over towards you know could it be a psychological basis you know for instance if you're in a known haunted location it's dark are you then uh, thinking oh somebody's going to jump out and get me there's going to be this i'm going to be you know because people have different levels of knowledge understanding and cultural beliefs so maybe they are thinking somebody's going to jump out at me somebody's going to would you call it attack me so you're on a heightened uh, heightened alert and maybe that might play a, a part you know so um could it be the fight flight uh have you got uh noradrenaline adrenaline going going round the enhanced cortisol within the uh, blood stream is that playing a, a part that adds to the uh, adds adds to the mind you know I, well uh, i think i think you're, you're saying something right there because i mean with shadow men if people don't know what shadow men are and and i'll come back to this in a minute uh, ian but Basically, for people who don't know, shadow men, people say that there are uh, maybe just one shadow man and he's seen at multiple locations. OK, yeah, I mean, that using that same theory, that's like saying if I saw a black Labrador in London and I saw one in Scotland, it must be the same Labrador. Yeah. You know, it, it, yeah. it's not. So people have experiences with a shadow man um, or a shadowy figure. And they go online and they say they've seen this, witnessed this. And then people are kind of linking it together as being just the one entity who is yes. kind of going around the world, which is absolutely nonsense. But when you look at how the shadow man is seen or, or, or anything like that, 
a lot of the time people say that they saw kind of they might have just seen the ghostly limbs or, or head or they might have yeah. seen the feet or something yeah. like that but to me that sounds like partial manifestation do you know like yes. when we yes. look at the um do you know like the old seances what they used to do and yeah. the cabinet they, they used to be a manifestation of a hand or light yes. or things yeah. like that I mean, is there a possibility in that what people are experiencing is not um, obviously it's not one entity, but could it be a manifestation of some sort? I would say uh, it, I would not rule it out as not being. Now, the reason that I that that I'm putting it over in that way because the 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 ectoplasm, which is you know derived from the medium's body, uh, and uh, you are looking, it is nearly always like a milky white texture you know that's but that is when it's fully formed so when you are looking at that type of thing whereby you might see a pair of limbs because you know obviously during the time that the energy was laid down perhaps if it was a if it was a representation of a ghost energy then you then you might be saying well part of it we can't see because we've built up over it or we've taken things down and you were and you can see ghosts on different sort of levels you know floating in the air sort of walking halfway between the uh, ground so whilst there is a good uh, possibility of it of it of it could be and maybe it's a it's a uh, it's a, a new way that maybe uh, spirit might be able or might be thinking about working, you know, without the ectoplasm and therefore mm. coming through in a in a, a different way. So there is, you know, I I personally wouldn't 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 rule it out, but I would say it's probably uh, about a five percent chance, maybe I think. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned Milky White because. Um... When I was younger, I, I, I had a lot of experiences and, and I always remember um, the house we lived in was haunted. And I remember on the very last day, all the delivery men had, uh, I, I must have only been about 10, I think. I was, uh, no, actually, no, no, I was actually 15. I've just realised I was mm-hmm. 15. It was the last day and we were, the delivery men had been, I went upstairs, I went to the toilet and I thought, you know, the ghost hasn't done anything. And as I turned around and I reached to the towel, and I always remember this, a milky white hand came through the wall, grabbed a towel and pulled it onto the floor. And I thought, bugger, you know, you you yeah. had to do it, you know. And yeah. and it's interesting, it wasn't black, it wasn't a shadowy no. hand that came through. Yeah. It was a milky white hand. It, yeah. it looked unnatural. And I saw mm-hmm. it come through the wall and pull it down yeah. onto the floor. Now, and, now that uh, would make more sense. Sorry, Martin. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned about the Milky White Hand because, because um, obviously we, again, because of uh, media, because of uh, people's beliefs, we imagine that everything that does things like that. I mean, that that was mischievous, and yeah, you know, oh, it should have been black. It should have been an evil hand that came through. It it, it just looked like a white hand that came through the wall and and, and did that. Mm-hmm. But I think also as well is when we look at shadow men. And this is something that we've discussed before. There's yeah. a lot of the Shadow Men reports, and certainly the ones that we used to get through. We, I, I used to co-edit a magazine called MysteryMag.com, and obviously we used to get a lot of people on on events as well. Also say, I saw something moving in the corner of my eye straight away. When people used to say that there was, you know, something happening on the peripheral vision, I would be inclined to say that it's probably due to the rods in the eye on the outer, yes. outer side. Yes, I mean, definitely. It's Oh, if I remember correctly, and you might have to correct me here, but these rods, these cells that are on the outside are very low resolution, very compacted, but they are very good at detecting movement. So yeah, 
Yeah. So if anything looks, so if anything's moving very slightly, it might feel that it's actually moving far quicker. I, I, have you heard that as well? Or? Well, yeah. I mean, the uh, rods are very, very, they're about a thousand times more sensitive than the Yukons in detecting light, you know, because it's because right. they are used at dark. Yeah. So that is why if you look at, at an object in the dark, you won't see it because your focus isn't there. There's no colour coming off it. There's no light coming off it, so you don't see it. If you look to the left or the right, in 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 essence, bringing bringing your periphery vision into the uh, into the middle of it, you will see it clearly. So there is uh, there is that, and the the reason for it is basically at night time uh, the eye is very very good at detecting fast movement and straight lines uh, that is why forces people are trained to go slow at night to move very very slow so they so they don't get picked up and all their clothes are all sort of creased and mangled so there's no straight lines anywhere so again you just don't notice it that's interesting because uh, one thing that I used to I used to teach a ghost hunting workshop every year and um, and and it was a very in depth course. And one thing I used to talk about is something called drift illusion. I yeah. don't know if you've heard of this. No, no, but, I haven't. Yeah, do you know when you go into a, um, a, a haunted house or, or or a house of any sort, really, yeah. and you're walking round. If there's a, let's say, uh, a fence post, which is interesting because you, you were talking about straight lines. Yeah. If there's a fence post or a poster or something with zigzaggy lines or anything, the periphery vision will see that as movement. That really ties in with what you've said. And, I, and we've never talked about that before. No, and, no. Uh, it's interesting that a poster obviously has straight lines on the side or a fence post or a picture is straight lines and yeah. and it's normally those that's why sometimes you know people are driving and often they thought they've seen a figure stood at the side of the road and it's actually a road sign and yes. uh, yeah very much and they've not realized it and uh it's just your brain mis- misinterprets it so i think again what comes through our course and, and our future courses is you do have to rule this stuff out in that you've got oh, to try and work out what it is so even though you know you walk past an, uh, a room with its door open, let's say, uh, 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 oh, what's that fantastic place now on outskirts of Doncaster? Cusworth, Cusworth Hall. Cusworth it's got yeah. plenty of open doors. And one thing I've noticed there, when whenever we've done a ghost hunt at Cusworth Hall, is when people are walking past, people have said, oh, I think there's some movement in there. But every one of those uh, door openings have got straight lines or exactly, a poster yeah, yeah. or a window or a window frames there. And they're straight lines. And if they're looking forward, it will feel like there's actually something in there. Yeah. But there's, ne- there's never anything in there. Um, it's So I think for me, the shadow men, um, which is not only being driven by the Internet, it's also being driven by a misunderstanding of definitely misunderstanding of, of you know, of natural phenomena caused by peripheral vision and and also um I, I suppose a lack of understanding of what shadow men could be but i certainly don't believe at all that there is one shadow man <laughs> no no well it's uh, it's 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 silly to put there's no point want of not using any any stronger word but i just feel you know it's misunderstanding definitely the recent phenomena if you go online and look for ghost stories you find shadow men and the other thing is black-eyed children now 
Um, these have been around now for the last five, six years. And and basically, if you don't know what black-eyed children are, these are basically ghost children that appear at various haunted locations or woodlands or things like that. And these children look very pale. They've got very... Uh, and where their eyes are, they're either got black eyes or sunken eyes and uh ian's got one in his room now for <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they've either got uh, black eyes or missing eyes and that sort of thing and when this first came out when i first started hearing about it which was about 2015 i'll tell you why is because at that time i wrote a book called um, uh, british ghost stories and uh, i wanted to address that and on the front cover of my book is a black-eyed child. Um, unfortunately, the book got heavily slated by people who bought the book, thinking I was going to talk about black-eyed children in a in you know scary positive way, and I actually destroyed the whole thing. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I never learned, do I? Ian? I think people such as yourself who query it, who question it, uh, I think that is uh, needed because whether you uh, whether you argue a case against it or the case for it, you need to know, you need to understand both points of view, you know. And if it's not what 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 you want it to be, well, perhaps your thoughts in the first place were wrong. Absolutely. I, I mean, my point of view, and you know how how I am in regards to reports or experiences. I, I yes. always try to go to the original perspective, uh, the yes. original report. I try to find out exactly what started these reports. And, and certainly with black eyed children, the thing is now is there's nowhere to hide on the internet. So you can very, very quickly find, find out where something started. Uh, yeah. Things like Slenderman, which again is a internet hoax, that unfortunately led to the murder of of a child in America, and and I think it's also led to one recently. But mm. um, black eyed children was a similar mania, but it seemed very sort of orientated in the British newspapers with the Star, the Sun, all publishing newspaper uh, publishing stories. Not only did I find out that it started off as a internet forum hoax. Yeah. By an American researcher who claimed that he was being haunted by a black eye by a girl who had black eyes and she was called Mary and that sort of thing. But what kicked it off in in Britain was a a British researcher who has written a number of very bad paranormal books all around Staffordshire Woodland. Yeah. And basically he got a medium involved and the medium came out and uh, she said to quote her. These spirits need my help. Black-eyed child ghosts are reported the bring are reportedly the bringers of bad news. So my advice would not to be interact with them unless you know what you're doing. I think they are spirits with unfinished business. They have a story to tell, and I feel that once they have said what they want to, they will be willing to pass to the other side. These children are troubled souls, uh, souls, and they don't hang around for nothing. I mean, how much rubbish is in that statement? Oh, uh Flipping loads, it sounds to me the old oh everybody needs rescuing, you know, and uh, uh, but that's a that's a different topic. But yeah, I do feel it's you know uh, if some of that is that is made up and somebody buying into it without the prior knowledge, perhaps. Yeah, I, I certainly feel with the medium she's bring, being brought into this case or, or this case. Uh, I, I mean, this case, um, I think it took place at the Four Crosses Hotel or pub in Staffordshire. 
and it was struggling financially. And I think in the end it actually sold. They began to say that it was haunted by black eyed child ghosts. And basically, a ghost hunting company started up in the area, needed a little bit of coverage. So they started promoting black eyed children uh, ghost hunt at uh, the Four Crosses and Connick Chase. So it instantly started gaining traction. Uh, it came out in summer so that the media didn't have much to write about. And the next minute you've got black eyed children spotted in Scotland and Staffordshire and, and everything else. So we know, again, it's media hype. But yeah. I think there's a core issue here. I think any medium who got involved in this and backed up the story that they were black eyed children ghosts are doing two things. Firstly, they're ignoring their own intuition. Yeah. And secondly, they're ignoring their spirit guides. Yes, of course. I mean, uh, how can you sort of think, oh, yes, there's somebody there when there clearly isn't? And unfortunately, on some of the venues I've been at, you know, the medium is saying, oh, yes, there's so-and-so there where it's just been made up. Oh, I've got somebody on the top of that bed. Can you see them? Oh, yes. And you're thinking, well, hang on. I just I just made that up, but you're buying into it. So you've uh, you've got to bear in mind why, you know, the I would call mediums and, you know, to stand up for if you don't feel it, do well say rather than sort of patching into it because it sounded good. This is what we're trying to get through in the course is, is be true to yourself, but also yes. be true, be true to spirit as well. Yes, and, definitely. Uh, what tends to happen is a medium will read about something and then suddenly they they start buying into a particular narrative of a haunted location. And what I mean by this is, let's say um, I know a particular English castle that is run by a very strong character. They've always promoted that King James I was there, yeah. uh, even though there's no historical evidence at all that he was ever there. And then you'll have mediums actually backing this up, saying, oh, yeah, yeah, I've got King James here. He's, he's stood here and he's, you know, he's kind of looking around and he's, he's looking confused. And uh, yeah, probably thinking, well, what the hell am I doing here? Well, well, well what's this? What's this dump? Um, <laughs> <laughs> we both know which castle it is, so we're laughing. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Yeah, I, I think it's not being true to what their guides are saying. And let's face it. How many cases do we have where children have no eyes are haunting locations? Yeah. It comes back to this sort of idea that a couple of things are happening. Is First, that people are buying into a hoax and not trusting their intuition, not trusting their spirit guides, and going with the story for, for financial gain or future glory. And then the other issue is I certainly feel that by portraying all of this as being real, it brings down the whole study and, and subject as it is. Who's going to believe in black-eyed ghosts? There's no well, records of children no. with no eyes wandering around. I must have 300, 400 books dating back from sorts of 1880 all the way through to you know 1980s on ghosts, ghosts of particular regions and areas. Yeah. And I went through a lot of those books. I went through something like 90% of those books. And there was no records whatsoever of any black eyed children until 2014. Yeah, I think it's been like, a, like I say, it's a uh, it's a manufactured phenomenon to sell tickets at a venue to raise funds to keep that venue going. Yeah, I, I mean, certainly with the black eyed children in Britain, one of the reasons why that that took off was that particular gentleman was writing these books um, claiming that there was um, a wild beast, a yeti, I think a pig man. Pigman, a pigman. He believed, yeah. he he was claiming that people had seen sightings of a pigman, and all of this goes back to uh, a magazine called Man Myth and Magic, and uh, a very very good writer called Frank Smythe decided to write 
a ghost story. He made it up and he put it in the magazine and in the local newspaper. And he wanted to see, you know, kind of how it would react. And he claimed that there was a, a phantom vicar or and it was around Hackney, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And he put this in the local newspaper, put it in his magazine. And over the following month, he got letters of people saying, oh, yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that. I've, I've seen the Phantom Reverend. He was wearing a dog collar. He, you know, he had a dark hat. And and he realized that, you know, he, you know, it was utterly made up. He wasn't psychic. It wasn't anything like that. Yeah. But he made it up it, right, very random. And and people, you know, claimed this rightly or wrongly or misunderstood what they'd seen. And uh, it, it kind of backfired on him because he had to kind of put his hand up and say, sorry, I, I made it up. <laughs> but he, he did it to see what was the reaction from the general public. And uh, and when people have unusual experiences, one thing they try to do is attribute it to somebody else's experience. And I think that's what happened. People might have genuinely had a very unusual experience in Hackney and they automatically attributed it to being the ghost that they read in the newspaper. And yeah. I've seen this many, many times with a lot of cases over the years where people say, oh, I think I've seen Jack the Ripper or I've seen this because they want some sort of authenticity to their sighting. And uh, and it can feel very, very remote being a witness of something that nobody else has seen. And the one thing that you want to do is confirm to yourself that you've seen it as well. Exactly. Yeah, it is. I, th- I, I think there's a, a lot of people certainly been on uh, previous events that we've both been on you know whereby they are wanting to check that they you know they that they're not would you call it hallucinating they're not making it up and and at times when they are when they are verified as saying, oh everybody else is seeing what they're also seeing then they end up in tears because they've been proven right or they end up going 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 away because they've always tried to to disprove it and when it's proven true they can't handle it at that time so uh, people need well, that sort of vindication don't they yeah yeah i mean i mean it comes back to um the, the famous galleries of justice one um where the guy went into um the uh the cave system there the chapel yeah and he said oh come on you're all it's all a load of rubbish and the wooden cross hit him on the face yeah and um somebody called annette who we both know um, yes. she recorded this now the interesting thing is, is that gentleman, he he was a non-believer. He couldn't work it out because he knew the cross was in front of him. Yeah. Um, he, you know, he talked to me very quietly about it and um, and he didn't want really to promote it so much. I think it was about a month later. He he was there again and he'd come all the way down from Aberdeen. And I said, what are you doing here? He said, I need to know if it's going to happen again. I said, well, it probably won't. He said, why? If it's happened once, it should happen again. And he sat in the chapel uh, all night. Yeah. And it, nothing happened. Mm-hmm. He said, I don't understand it. What happened the first time? Why did, did was it hallucination? Was it a fake? Was it this? Was it? That? I said, look. I said, I think you really are reading too much into this. And you had a paranormal experience, which is a rare experience. Yes. You you was chosen for that because I'd certainly feel that it was a spirit that did this. Obviously, it wasn't. I don't feel it was a poltergeist as such. It was it was a spirit that did this, and I think it was trying to get a reaction from him. And uh, I said I said I feel here that you've had an f- incredible experience. You've seen the video footage, and and Annette was kind enough to give him the footage. Do you know what what's the issue? <laughs> well, <laughs> you, that's it. Yeah, you know, you know um, uh, but yeah. he couldn't he couldn't grasp onto it. So no, yeah. I mean. 
I had uh, uh, I was at a venue in Lincoln, which is which is no longer uh, available to the para, to the para, to the paranormal, and there was a, there was a bloke there with his son. Now the uh, the uh, the dad was very very skeptical, you know, oh this is all load of rubbish and that general general thing. And then it then it then it wasn't until the early hours of the uh, of the morning we were all you know in a in a group seeing what we could feel and whatever, and uh, and suddenly he just shouts out who the hell did that or words to that effect yeah and he said somebody's somebody's just hit me and then he went straight to his son give him a mouthful um and his son was saying dad i haven't done anything yes you have you did this you and and i and i said look i said your son didn't move how can you see i said because i've been used to doing it and there's several other people were were saying you know because there was a little bit of light filtering through from lamps outside on the uh, on the road and outside of the venue so you can get a, you know it wasn't totally pitch black and everybody said his son didn't move well he just oh, well you yeah. know so yeah. he's he's had his skepticism, his skepticism challenged, couldn't cope with it, and just dragged his son out. His son must have been about about twenty eight. He just dragged him <laughs> home, said, "Get home," you know. And I thought I I felt sorry for him, you know. It's a good way to get your own back, though, isn't it? I know. I'll give my dad a, a whack on the head. <laughs> yeah, I know that's it. But the thing is, though, his son didn't his son yeah. didn't move, you know. No, 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 but. Um... I mean, I mean, that's it. It's, it's how people deal with uh, particular experiences. I think the reason why we wanted to talk about shadow men and, and uh, black eyed children was was certainly from a medium's perspective. And for people out there who are prospective mediums or, or training to be medium is 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 kind of find your own way. Don't yes. be driven by a story. Don't be driven by a history that, you know. One thing myself, Andy, and uh, I've learned um, over the last 20 years is whatever the history is, you, you just rip it up because history is written by the victors, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and the amount of evidence that's come out over the years um, from Ian and other mediums that I've seen, it's just incredible. You, you, you know, it, it really does open the scope. And, and as a medium, you should go in with fresh eyes. Every time you walk in, go in with fresh eyes. Because I, I think every night can be a different story, yeah. different a different uh, arrangement of of people come to you, of spirit come to you, and it, you cannot go into a location and say I'm going to have King James the first, Henry the eighth, and I'll have Mary Queen of Scots as well just to finish it off because it's not like that. You, and more often than not, those three people might have only visited that place once, and yet. Why shouldn't you have to? Why shouldn't you be talking to the maid, or why shouldn't you be talking to the person who's cleaning the front steps? Because yeah, they definitely. were there far more in that place, and probably have got a more interesting story to tell as well. And that's what I think with spirit is. My beliefs might be slightly different than yours, Ian, but I certainly feel that when spirit come through at haunted locations, it's because it's they want to tell their story. They want to say. No, I'm totally with you on that. I, I think sometimes there's a lot of activity at venues because spirits kind of saying, "Hey, hey, I'm, I'm, do you know? I, I, do you know? I want to tell you what happened when I was here, do you know?" And and, well, and, yeah. and and you do hear these stories. And and I'm not talking about, by the way, sorry, Ian, I'm on a rant. It's um, fine. And I'm not talking about the stories are not always. Oh, I was a mother. I uh, and my ch- children were taken away from me, and and all this. Sometimes the stories are very mundane and can be, I was the gardener here and me and my wife, we had a lovely life here. 
we worked for the lady and and it can be so mundane and you're you're thinking is you know you kind of deep down you're kind of thinking is that is that your story but to be honest i think if anything that shows a different part of history that yeah. people are same as us living breathing and dying a lot of the stories that i bring through you know sometimes are quite mundane i don't know about yours do you know well no they're they are they're uh, they're very down you know um i had that that woman who kept on talking about the vicarage in the garden and come to visit her dad and her dad used to look after the vicarage garden you know yeah um stuff like like uh sober you can you can you can get certain uh paranormal companies i'll say no more than that uh who only bring through the famous ones you know i've got king like say king james king henry queen elizabeth whatever you know when 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 like you were saying you know what about their staff that uh, that have been there for years you know what i mean you're more likely to get them and that yeah. is where and certainly people want to say well no actually uh what the what the books are saying about the fire starting in the uh, library it didn't it started in so and so because I died in it, you know, and then um, through uh, the uh, repetitive nature of, say, maybe six or seven mediums going over there, all saying the same the same story, causes the um, to have uh, some research into it and found out well actually the fire didn't start in the library; it was where where the mediums are saying. So um, it does build up on uh, that very very much. Uh, one last question for for you, Ian. Who do you think is the most famous ghost that you've ever seen? Well, um, I have I have only seen two, you know, well, I can note of two famous ghosts. And one of them was, oh, I can't remember his name. Um, the bloke <laughs> That famous. Oh, no, Prince, uh, Prince Rupert, you know. Prince um, Rupert, yes. Yeah, because yes. um, yeah. I think you were prompting me, what's he, what's, he, what's he dressed like? And I thought, well, he's about this high, he's all in purple. And I uh, and I didn't know the the history behind Prince uh, Rupert, you know, his, his so-called devil dog or, or whatever. But it turns there. And I've and I've also and it was again, it was after the fact I didn't I didn't recognize him until after the fact. But I thought myself I'm bigger than him. And it turns out to be Charles, the uh, Charles, the first, you know, but it was a fleeting glimpse. It was a fleeting uh, glimmer of him, you know, but I, but I can remember giggling because I'm only five foot and I thought, I'm bigger than him, and yeah. I found out that Prince Charles was only four foot ten. Yeah, know? yeah, wow, I I didn't know that, but um, yeah, no, that no. was Bolling Hallway, I think. Yeah, yeah, I, I, that was a strange place, very strange mm. place, and I think the the most famous ghost I've picked up on is, um, well, the two come to mind. Is one I did I did a venue that we only did once, and mm. it was in Huntingdon. I'm not saying it was Oliver Cromwell, but it was certainly part of his, um, is it retinue? His yes, kind yes, of, yes. It was, his in, it was definitely his, his inner circle. And, mm. and I felt there was, I felt I was seeing people from the early Civil War and uh, I, I, there was Fairfax there and, and there was a few yeah. other people. And it's a shame, actually, we only did the venue once, but it was a cracking venue. And I didn't really know a great deal about it. And it was only afterwards I, I found out that, Mm. Huntingdon was really heavily into the Civil War, and there was well, yeah, know, very much. Of, it yeah, didn't so. far from Cambridge, though, is it, where where uh, Cromwell lived for a for a period, didn't he? Yeah, Ely, Ely, and all that sort of yeah. place, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But um, there was there was that one, and then secondly, when I was at uh, thirty five Stonegate yes. in York, in York, yeah. Um, again, I was aware that there was some linkage with 
uh, Guy Fawkes and it wasn't Guy Fawkes but certainly it was kind of they were talking about him and they were talking about where roughly he lived now I'm I'm pretty sure based on what Spirit was telling me that he was uh, he lived a few doors up nobody knows for sure exactly where he was born and where he lived in York um, because obviously the uh, some of the streets have slightly changed but yeah. um but it's certainly different from what the history books but they were t- telling me what he was like and what what he was there and, and uh, what what he he was like when he was there and um it kind of gave me the impression that he um he was kind of um a bit of a bully when he was a young guy and yeah. stuff like that but yeah. again it was very very weird it was kind of you know i didn't expect to bring through guy fox certainly wouldn't have even aimed myself at no, you know trying that's to bring it. it through, well, so. The thing is, I'm uh, sure the same is with is with you, Matt. And if we come across a famous person, I uh, I uh, question it. Why am I seeing yeah. him or her? You yeah. know, um, I'm thinking, is it is it the uh, archetype of what I'm what I'm thinking about getting here, or what I would expect? You know, um, yeah. but that but that but that again, you know, sort of comes over what we uh, what we teach about going going into it, even if it's the second, third, or tenth time there, is you enter with a fresh mind. You know, um. But um, certainly, whenever I do feel I've got somebody famous, then I'm questioning it. I think that's the right thing to do. Absolutely, you've got to question it because if mm. you so if you walk into a location and you know you you know straight away you're bumping into Mary Queen of Scots, then you've got to question who who is this I'm picking up on? Yeah. And is this somebody who was at the time of Mary Queen of Scots? One and and I think this is where you need to bring in your guides a, a little bit more as well. And I think you've got to put a bit more work into it. It's one of those things where you've got to kind of put your your mind into gear and maybe, you know, not talk until you've got more information. Um, yeah. Because yeah. It, it would be very easy to say, oh, I've got Mary Green Scots here. And it, it's interesting. Again, you know, I've had mediums who brought through Mary Queen of Scots. And, and one thing that you talk to any historian about Mary Queen of Scots is that she was incredibly stupid. <laughs> and, <laughs> and everybody always talks when they bring in through Mary Queen of Scots, she's always seen as uh, not uh, always seen as somebody who was manipulated and all this. She was incredibly stupid. She, she just made really bad decisions. And, mm-hmm. you know, she, she did, you know, and none of this comes through when mediums pick up on her, you know, it's, no. it's always what's they yeah. know from the media. And yeah, she's uh, very strong, very tall, very uh, uh, aesthetic, you know, very commanding, you know. Yeah, yeah. They always make out that she was the more beautiful than Elizabeth and stuff like that. Mm. And um, and again, this is driven by archetypal information rather than question. Yeah. I'm seeing Mary Queen of Scots. So is this an energy that was at the time of Mary Queen of Scots? Is this a strong female? Is this a female that's same as that? How mm. can I break this down? Can you come yeah. forward a bit more? Yeah, can, exactly. Can I look at your hair? Can I? Can you show me more? Can you, you know, and and can you talk to me more? And rather than jumping the gun and saying, oh, I've got Mary Queen of Scots here. She's got blonde hair, which obviously she didn't. She had red hair, you know. It's it. Yeah. And that that's when mediums fall down. So. Yeah. But, uh, I know. Um, yeah, the other the other thing there, you know, uh, and perhaps we can talk about it on our next course, you know, the ghost hunting medium one, um, whereby you know, where regularly you have a spirit of the uh, of the location, and I find myself I say, oh, 
folks, have we got anybody local to this area? Because I've got somebody who was. And they go, yeah, it's maybe about four or five people say, yeah, we're all local. And then the um, uh, spirit person says, oh, I used to live on blah, 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 blah. There used to be some houses, but now they've been knocked down. And they're saying, yeah, it got replaced in so-and-so. And then they're talking about the area and the locals are saying, you've been here before. I said, I haven't. I've, you know, I yeah, live about 180 miles away. Why would, I, why would I come down here for a walk around? You know, and you're mentioning streets, but things that have changed that you wouldn't know of unless you've done, you know, 17 hours Google searching constantly, you know. But I get that that has given the evidence of um, uh, spirit, the intelligence, the in, uh, interaction with working with the uh, with the with the people on that venue, you know, because often they're not they're thinking, oh, wow. Yeah. They, you know, he's talking about going. He, he used to drink at this pub. He was three quarters of a mile away from this venue. He used to walk here to get there and it's and it's all verified they think oh yeah i've done this i've done that so i'll you know i like that type of thing you know that gives the again the ordinary person's point of view of a locale totally agree with you totally agree one of my favorite readings i i gave was um sorry messages was again at, at the castle we talked about earlier but um it was a very quiet night and I, I turned to a guy and i said i i've got your father here and also his next door neighbor and, and he said what do you mean i said well your father's telling me that they lived in uh in sight of tutbury castle mm-hmm. and he said yeah how do you know that and i said your dad's telling me and he said right i said and next to him is alfred nicholson he said how do you know alfred how do you know al i said because he he's here yeah <laughs> And it turned out that they had farms next to each other in the 1970s and Alfred Nicholson was laughing and saying, you know, he was such a bad farmer and, you know, he, he nearly yeah. killed himself once. And and the lad next to me, and he was saying, how do you know this? He said, we used to say my dad was terrible. In fact, he gave it up and ended, <laughs> ended up, he said, because he, he ended up, he parked up the tractor, got out, started fixing the muck spreader and he'd not basically put it on a handbrake or anything and it all rolled back on him and and luckily he was able to lay flat and it went over top of him (laughs) so so there was all sorts of stories like that but again it was local it was nothing to do with the castle but his father and alfred nicholson turned up that night and um were chatting and, and he said are you sure you've not found out about alfred nicholson or found out about me i said i don't even know who you are we're in the pitch black yeah i don't know who you are i can't i i can't see you I said, I'm just telling you, you know, and I gave him his dad's name. I gave, I told him what farm, I told him everything. And, um, and, and again, it was nothing really to do with the castle, but it was the locality and, yeah. um, and they decided to pop in for the night. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, I just think it's, it's so rewarding from both the medium and the person having that message. I think it's, uh, it's very, very warming, you know, really is. Absolutely. And what a great way to end this podcast on a positive of yes. how good mediumship can be. We've started it with how mediumship can get caught up in, in stuff. And let's finish it on a high that uh, mediumship uh, can deliver some incredible information. And uh, and it just needs the medium to be a pure conduit of information mm-hmm. rather than adding in interpretation. Yes. Um, so. So, yeah, me and Ian, we are back on track on writing the next course, which is, and uh, drum roll. <laughs> it's 
called <laughs> it, it is provisionally called uh, how to be a professional ghost hunting medium and it's for mediums out there who would like to work more as a professional ghost hunting medium and it is packed with information already it's bigger than the course that we've just released and it tells you everything you need to be a ghost hunting medium everything from the basics through to the advanced, through to even business information as well. So if you need uh, information on how to promote yourself, how to get out there, how to get working, it's got everything in it. And uh, and I think it'll be out in this next couple of months. Uh, so it'll be definitely coming soon. And uh, it's very exciting times, isn't it, Ian? It is, yes. I'm uh, I'm totally buzzing, honestly. I, I I just feel it's very much the way to uh, the way to uh, go. You know, working with working in the media over the internet, social media, the newspapers, books, and all that type of thing. Then I really do feel that is the uh, that is the way forward because we have the option. You know, uh, Martin and I have uh, have the option as we've done on as we are doing on our current course. Um, eight eight different countries so far, and we're and we're in the comfort of our own front our own front rooms, you know. So it just gives us that extra outlet to help people who really otherwise we just wouldn't be able to. Absolutely. And uh, so thank you everybody for listening. We'll be back with a podcast. I think what we'll do, Ian, is go for another question and answers podcast because we've not yes, done I think, for a while. Yeah, I think that I think that would be um, good. So you know if you've if you listen to this ladies and gentlemen, obviously if you are listening to us, um then please send us in questions. Yeah, absolutely. You can do that through the Facebook page, you can do that through our website and uh, all the details are in our bio. So you can go to our website, use our contact page, send in your questions. And in the next podcast, uh, we could be answering your question. Do you know anything you want to talk about, whether it's about your own development, whether it's about mediumship in general or any particular uh, thing. In the past, we've talked about reincarnation dreams. I think we've talked about everything near enough. Well, yeah, uh, we have. Uh, and, uh, but we love it. We love talking yeah, about it. So it is. Uh, so um, yeah, it is. Sorry, Martin. We just can't do it without you. You know, um, it, it would be nice for your interaction, folks and forecasts. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, yeah, get your questions in. We will answer them. We'll probably do a live podcast and, uh, and answer your questions. So uh, so you have a good week, Ian. And, uh, and you, every- Martin. And everybody else, thank you for listening. Thank you. Bye bye.